These opportunities will give me what I need to level up life. Hey, what's up, beautiful souls? Chad and Eric here, and we just want to welcome you back to another week at the Roundtable. We are so grateful to have you, and we have a wonderful episode in store for you. So, stay tuned and enjoy. Hey, what's up, beautiful souls? Chad Hayfield here with my main man, Eric Dixon. Yo. And we'd like to welcome you back to another week at the Roundtable. This week at the Roundtable, we have a wonderful guest, Brandon Jones, joining us, a brother of mine and uh, uh, a partner in creation as of late. And uh, so we're absolutely honored to have you at the Roundtable sharing your light, brother, and uh, can't wait to dive into your story and what we're creating. So uh, for all you listeners, thank you for joining us. Once again, we're grateful for you, and we love you. And Brandon, we appreciate you coming to the Roundtable, brother. How are you? Hey, thank you, guys. I'm, I'm grateful to be here. I'm doing well. Um, I'm just uh, excited to see what unfolds. You know, I'm ready to go. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Eric, how are you, man? Uh, I'm doing good today. I'm a little more Eric than I've ever been. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, uh, I'm i feeling good. Uh, the power's back on today, so we lost power for a little while, um, it, like the whole town of Loveland. And so that was good. Uh, came home to power. AC's on right now. Uh, we're doing the podcast. I have a cup of coffee and life is good life life is good can't get much better than that yeah yeah so <laughs> speaking of wild weather man i had a trampoline it up on <laughs> on my roof Saw it? of my garage that was pretty wild yep uh i i thought that was your trampoline no i, I didn't look at the details but i was like they're trampoline but it was your neighbors yeah yeah thankfully huh. yeah just dented the gutter that's it yep. so they lucked out there so yep uh lots of storm damage in a lot of places but looks like uh looks like it's over so, yeah. that's good man it was a good day that's what's up you uh man i had a good day yeah i uh, started the day with a, a um empowering conversation with my man brandon here and um yeah. kind of why i asked him to be on the show he has a beautiful light and a, a beautiful vision for um humanity you know and large you know and we'll break that down into smaller pieces and, and dive into that a little bit later but uh and that set the tone for the day and then got some yard work done play with the play with cole and uh just spent time with family Brittany was off work and it was a family day yeah so nice. it was a good day yes brandon how was your day brother <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's been it's been good man it's been a little bit under the weather but yeah. i'm uh, making the most of it just hung out with family and kind of try to take it easy a little bit yeah so drinking your tonic water yeah drink drinking my tonic water you, you want to uh, share with the listeners that's i mean that that could be useful for absolutely. somebody yeah so um yeah basically uh a, a few months ago i ended up um i was a little under the weather and uh so i drive a tow truck and i was talking to my dispatcher and she was telling me to try tonic water and zinc and so uh, she says that there's like this stuff is called quinine inside of in, in tonic water, and it's uh, when it's mixed with zinc, it's supposed to be you know super good to boost your immune system. So I've been trying that out for you know a couple months now, and it seems like it's really been making a difference. You know, helping me kind of get back to things quick, and um, 
yeah, I don't know. It's just um, I had never heard of it before a few months ago, and now it's like um, I, I feel like it's a staple for me now. There you go. That's what's <laughs> so, up, man. It's a blessing. Healthy, natural staple. That's I, th- I feel like that's what every day is about, like having just natural remedies and things that can you can do that are beneficial that are in a lot of people's cabinets. So right. you can just go get it at the store. And yeah, if it makes that that much of a difference, that's an awesome thing. Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah, it's like it. it's like the uh, when you get sick, it's like the new get sick ritual or get unsick ritual. Right, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> Everybody everybody's all about rituals, you know, you gotta have the morning coffee, you gotta you know. Yeah, or the nightly coffee at the round table. Or, yeah. <laughs> or the nightly coffee, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a that used to be a big one for me is having a cup of coffee in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as I got up, um, that I mean that was a ritual for years. Um, that's something I just uh, broke lately. Um, I have one at about uh, about ten o'clock mm-hmm. when I get to work, but when it, when I would get up at about four or five six o'clock, that's immediately what I would go to. And lately, just working on my adrenals and how my brain is working and. Um, and how I'm acting and all this stuff. I know that if I ramp my brain up that fast in the morning, then uh, usually leads to a crash later in the day. Yeah, and, about lunchtime, huh? Yeah, right about lunchtime. One, yeah, right. And especially like right after, um, like I feel like lunch is so like super powered for me mm-hmm. that because it is the first meal of the day that 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 almost misses that like coffee breakdown point. But then I crash it about like two or three. Oh, okay, I got and you. And then it's like an extra hard one, yeah. you know, because it's the coffee lag yeah. and the food. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it hits me extra hard. But yeah, so but it was more for like my brain. Yeah. Like the like the adrenals, like the, yeah, to, to make sure I'm not maxing those things out. Yeah. So, so speaking of, if you're just tuning in for the first time with us at the round table, Eric's been on quite the journey of, of coming off his, his almost lifelong medication. Yeah. Right. Adult and, life. Yeah. For sure. So, so how you want to update people? How, yeah. how are you feeling, brother? So today I feel good. Uh, today it's been like a, like a roller coaster, uh, the last few days. Um, it's something that I have never experienced before, but it's, it's literally like experiencing my feelings for the first time. Like anything and everything that 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 comes at me, any sort of good, bad, or indifferent, it's all like I'm handling it for the first time. Um, so it's it's been a roller coaster, man. It's 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 been wild. I haven't acted my my positive usual self, um, you know. And a couple people have said something to me about it, and I am like doing <laughs> the best that I can. It is it is extremely weird how much this medication affected me yeah. and affected my every single move, thought, feeling, everything. It affected literally every part of my being. And um, so I've had to, uh, which is a great thing. I, I have had some conversations. I have spoke out a line a few times, um, which I've been upfront with those people and have actually told them that like, hey, I need you to like tell me like what's going on and like I need to be told when I'm like out of line yeah. because right now I'm I'm trying to learn what that is like and I like I've said some things I've acted in ways where I'm like 
okay, that's not how usual me would act. Right. That's not how Eric Dixon would act. Like, right. and it's, so that's been very surprising. And I'm like, whoa, like, what is that? Because literally it's just like trying new stuff. It's like, it's like shooting in a bow that you've never shot before and trying to hit this target that you used to be able to hit all the time. Right. But now the arrow is just going everywhere. Yeah. Missing completely. You're not even getting it off sometimes. Like, it's just, it's hit or miss. Now, there are some things that are very familiar to me that I know how to do that are, you know, rudimentary things, but that are still hard, that I have feelings and, that, like, uh, behaviors that are changing now. Um, one of them is I've been sleeping in a lot. Um, and I say sleep in because, what, <laughs> you know, I used to get up rich, like, ritual. Here's another one. Uh, at 4 a.m., I mean, on the dot, I did that for, I can't remember the last time I didn't, but as I've been through the medication journey, then I haven't uh, been waking up at the same time. I've been getting up, like, basically as late as I can. I get up, I shower, I make my food, and then I go to work. Um, but m usually I would wake up at 4, work out, make videos, do this, do that, social media posts, all kinds of stuff. And then... By seven o'clock, I've already lived more in that <laughs> amount of time than most people live in the entire day. Right. <clears throat> and so that's just been a change for me. Um, so that's a big habit, but I've noticed little changes like that. Um, so I'm getting used to things. Um, and it's been interesting, to say the least. Yeah. We, I'm almost halfway to the goal. I started basically with a, a 40 milligram pill and um, we're this Friday, I'll take another step down and we're doing five milligrams at a time. And so I'll be at 20 milligrams this Friday. So that's literally like halfway point, halfway point. August 12th will be the very last day that I take medication for, for depression. And, um, mm, powerful man. After how long? 20 it, years, 20 plus yeah. years, mm -hmm. uh, different it's ones. Beautiful. And basically, you know, the reason that I am choosing to do this is ultimately to better my life. But it is such a process to um, to get to to be on this medication, because what happens, at least for me, and it's a known thing and it's actually got a term um, is your your brain gets used to these medications. And uh, for me, I had to switch um, every and they call it treatment resistant depression is what they call it. And I had to, excuse me, I had to come off uh, medications multiple times throughout my 20 years. So this is like the sixth, seventh one I've been on. And every time it's a process, you have to, you know, really taper off, which just means do it slowly. You can't just stop taking the pill all at once. It's, you don't want to do that. It's not good. Um, and then, um, yeah, over the years, you have to do that, and then you have to get on something else, which takes another six weeks for it to fully get in your system, which now that I understand the mechanics of it, I fully understand why that is, because it literally changes everything about you, which is fine. I'm not saying there's anything bad about it, but it was just time for me to stop doing that. Right. And so that takes time. That's it. It's just a headache. Your, your insurance has to approve your medication, or it's literally almost $1,000, depending on what you take. Every time you go, they ask you, excuse me, do you know how much the price is on this? And that's so annoying. It's like, yes, I do. 
Yeah, do you know? And it, and it makes me a little <laughs> more depressed right. every time. So, um, so yeah, it's it's been a it's been a wild ride. I appreciate the the space to to talk about it. Um, it's been very interesting. I've <clears throat> been up. I've been down. Um, but ultimately, all said and done, I know that this is the right thing, and that I feel and I'm doing better because I'm actively taking this on. Like this is something that. Um, it's just something that's me. I always, I always challenge myself. I, right. I want to be better in every single aspect. And for me, this is how I get better. So, Amen, brother. Thank you. It's like training for the marathon, right? Yeah, it's like it's a marathon, man. Like, <clears throat> the hill, like here's the good reason for those hills. Right. Like, we are on some hills right now. Yeah. You know, when we talked before the podcast, man, uh, I could just help think about seeing your fire come back. Yeah. And, you know, fire is such a powerful element and that anger and that, that irritability can be so powerful when you learn to direct it. So yeah. I, I think it's a beautiful thing on the other end of that, how your power is coming back. Because yeah. over the last, you know, eight years that I've known you, well, rebuilt a relationship yeah. with you after school, uh, you were always the passive, you know, eat your words type of guy. Like, well, let them say whatever. I'm going to eat my words mm -hmm. and, you know, adjust from there. Yeah. But uh, I think it's it's. I think it's beautiful to yeah. see your fire come out Yeah, because Thank I know you. there has been a lot of times in the past where I know you have felt something that you haven't necessarily said Truth. Uh, as, as your best friend. And it's like, Hey man, just fucking tell him truth. That's a dumb fucking idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Eric shared a story with me about something along those lines. So it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's funny, but it sometimes it's necessary. It is, you, you know, it, you yeah. just got to learn to, uh, channel that yeah you know, and and that's what we're doing right now and amen. i've got some really awesome people that are really understanding of what's happening right now yeah. in every facet of my life and i just have to keep remembering like yo you've got people that are really supporting you right now so if now is the time to do this it's it's right now yeah you know? right so amen so shout out to all those people including you thank you brother love thank you guys you. love thanks. you too man thanks i'm proud of you Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the listeners um, can not only find value, but also um, support from a distance. You yeah. know, I, I think it's an admirable thing where you, you take an aspect of your life and grab it, uh, excuse my language, grab it by the balls, if you will. And like, yeah. Hey, I'm changing this. Yeah. You know, and that's powerful no matter what it is in your life, especially something that you're, you're, you know, attachment sounds bad, but you become attached to oh. pharmaceuticals because oh, yeah. they change your life and they, they rewire things chemically. So, with, I applaud you, brother. Thank you, man. With zero judgment, I was absolutely attached to them. Right. If, I mean, there's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about right. that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you see it that way, too. And yeah. I know you see it that way, or you wouldn't be trying to change it, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Thank you for sharing, brother. Well, Brandon. Sure. <laughs> um, shifting gears to you, brother. Uh, share a little bit about your uh, background and the. Uh, the heart wrenching story you told me uh, about what you've been through and kind of what led to your your um, understanding of greater in life and then whatever you feel called to share, brother. All right. Um, well, man, to be honest, uh, you know, I had a um, quite a background with you know anxiety and depression and things like that, uh, drug addiction, um, things like that, you know, pharmaceuticals and, and street drugs as well. But, um, you know, 
it's kind of been a wild ride. But um, <clears throat> I guess, like, I mean, I guess this is the place where I kind of um, find is the best place to start explaining my journey is where I really began to uh, wake up and, and see the world differently. So about, um, you know, say, was it about 10, 10 years now? About 10 years ago, um, you know, I had this point in my life where just like everything felt like, you know, darkness and um, kind of really felt like stuck, you know, like the world was like closing in on me and I don't really know how to explain it. It just felt like, you know, very dark and, um, and, and lonely. Like I had trouble, you know, connecting with people and I had trouble, um, you know, processing the thoughts and the information and everything that was going through my own mind is like, um, like, so anyway, like all of that, all that, all of that darkness that kind of like consumed me in my life, like brought me to this point of, of just, of hopelessness. And mm. like, I reached this, um, like rock bottom, I suppose, where, you know, one night I was just, I was done. And I was like, in my parents' basement, I had moved back in with them. So I was struggling to just cope with reality in general. And, you know, one night I had, you know, got it in my mind that I was just going to end it. I couldn't really take it anymore. So I was, uh, you know, standing on a chair in my parents' basement, like tying a sheet up in the rafters. And I remember just like sitting there, just like bawling my eyes out. And, um, you know, at that time, like, that, like I said, I just felt like there was this darkness just pressing down around me that I just like couldn't escape. And at that time when I was standing in that room, the darkness just kind of like continued to like crush down. It seemed like the whole world just disappeared. And it's just that room was the only thing that was left. And it was just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I remember like thinking and like I hear these like thoughts inside of my head, like, you know, just do it, just end it, just end it, you know, like can't do this anymore. And then, you know, I hear like, no, like, don't like, like you can do this, like keep going, keep, you know, keep fighting, keep fighting. And, you know, I was just like bawling my eyes out. And at that time, like, um, like just like everything just started to like kind of fade to black. And then like in that moment, my dad just like walk, opens the door and walks in and he's like, he's like, Hey man, I, I, and mind you, it's like three in the morning right now. He's like, he's like, Hey, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I just, you know, felt like you really needed me right now. I just like woke up out of the wow. dead sleep and, you know, felt called to come down here and talk to you. Like, you know, can we talk? And so, you know, I was Oof. like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, I was almost like hoping for something, you know? And so I was like, yeah, please, like, let's talk. And so, um, so I went into my bedroom with him and we just started talking. And I mean, I, I think we maybe talked for like 45 minutes or so. And, uh, you know, at the end of the conversation, it kind of like calmed me down and, and he, he felt comfortable enough to walk out and, and trust that I was still going to be there in the morning. And when he walks out, he's just like, he's like, uh, hey, can I, you know, just ask you one thing? He's like, um, you know, can you just try to pray tonight? And, you know, it's like, uh, so earlier in my life, I had like kind of grown up and going to the Christian, like, you know, Christian church and uh, kind of. You know had that church background but it, i guess it didn't really have like a 
relationship with God or anything like that. You know, I was kind of open to things, but wasn't really like committed. And so I was like, yeah, I guess, you know, I could pray, you know, cause I had, you know, learned a little bit about like Buddhism and Christianity and, and was kind of like open to the idea of spirituality, but didn't have any idea of like what I believed. And so <clears throat> when my dad walks out, you know, I just was standing there like at the end of the bed and I just, you know, I started to pray and I'm like, you know, God, uh, I don't know. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you are. I don't know what you're like or what you want. I don't, you know, honestly, like, I just, I feel like, you know, if you're really there, I feel like you are love, like you are truth. And like, this, this is all I know. That's like, I guess all that matters to me is, is knowing that, you know, maybe in you, like there's some kind of hope. And, um, so like, as I'm praying, like, I just had this, like, like this sensation where it's like all this darkness that was like around me that felt like it was like crushing down. It just felt like all of that just like collapsed. And then I felt like, um, you know, like there was just like this, it felt like, I don't know, like the big bang just like coming out of my heart. And it's like this light just like launched out and like pushed this like shadow that had been crushing down. It just like pushed it all back. And like, like literally I was like looking around and it felt like the atoms in the room just like began to like sparkle. And <clears throat> so like when I, um, when I, when I had this experience, like it, it gave me like this flashback. And so like what really led to all this is about uh, a year and a half or, or two years before um, I had just got out of the Marine Corps. Uh, actually, uh, I got I got separated from the Marine Corps. I actually got a, a DUI on base, and it was like right when they started uh, when Obama came in, they started this like zero tolerance policy. So I actually got like separated for getting a DUI, and then so um, so that about only about two weeks after I got out, uh, I was in a tattoo parlor, and there was this fight, and I ended up kind of like getting into the middle of it, and you know it's like part I think I was like partly antagonistic and partly trying to like break things up but you know I kind of had a um you know I run my mouth a lot and be kind of a fool back then and I ended up um I got stabbed in, in the heart and um you know I just I guess when it happened I just uh you know I, it didn't hurt didn't have any kind of like blood coming out or anything like that so you know, I'm just like standing there. I'm like looking down. I was like, wow, that's, you know, I, I really just got stabbed. So a few minutes later, like there was a police officer that came in and was like, you know, asking everybody what happened. And I'm sitting there talking and, um, you know, I just feel this like weird sensation, just like, um, you know, it's like, um, my, my body, like just starting from the top of my head down, like it just like felt like all the warmth in my body just like flushed out. Like it just was like this gradient from the top down, just like, like everything just got cold. And I'm like, wow, something, something's not right. So I start like walking out and I, there's like an ambulance out front and I start walking to the ambulance. And as soon as I got to the back of the ambulance, I just collapsed down to the ground. And so paramedics jumped out and they picked me up and pulled me into the ambulance and they start like hooking all this stuff up to me. And the last thing I remember is like, I, I just hear this like alarm go off and they're like, he's coding, he's coding. And uh, I got like, I felt like, 
they like punched me in the chest uh, because the the sack around my heart, a pericardium, was severed and the blood was flowing into the sack and it actually filled it up and the pressure like stopped my heart from beating. So they had to stick a needle into that sack to relieve the pressure. And so like the last thing I remember is like when it hit me, I like opened up my eyes and I look up to the ceiling and there's this like bright light above me and then everything just dims down and, and kind of goes black. But <clears throat> so when, when that happened, um, I remember just like laying there and it felt like kind of like the border of my body. Like I was just like the way I explain it is like it kind of felt like a like a two dimensional drawing in a coloring book. And it felt like the border around me was just like erased. And then like the colors that were filling me in just kind of like spilled across the page. And so it just like, I felt like my form just like disintegrated and I like kind of like flowed out into this ocean of, of just like warm energy around me. <clears throat> and I remember like, so um, when it first happened, when I was getting pulled up into the ambulance, I remember like panicking. I was like, you know, really freaking out. I was like thinking, oh man, I'm never going to see my family again. Like thinking of like how much I like screwed up in my life, all the stupid stuff I had ever done. And then when this happened and I just kind of like felt this sensation of just like leaving my body, like all of that fear and anxiety and doubt and everything just disappeared. And it just was like this unexplainable, like peace and warmth. And love. I was just, yeah, yeah. It just <laughs> felt like overwhelming like love. And, yeah, just held and like mm -hmm. rocking in these like waves of, of warmth. And yeah. then I, and then the next thing it just like was over in a flash and I woke up like two days later in the hospital and my body's just like like intense pain and like I got tubes sticking out of me and I'm like it, and my family's standing there just like bawling their eyes out. And so <clears throat> like back that day that I was, you know, like praying, I had that experience with my dad and I was praying and, and that experience was like super similar to that feeling when I, um, when I kind of like left my body. And so there was just this like overwhelming peace that washed over me, this warmth, this love, this, um, like this, this connectedness to everything. And like, it, it's like the, you know, the world stopped being this like, you know, hard, dead thing. And it, and it like came to life. It just felt like everything around me was life. And like, I was like fully connected to it. Like and, all the colors spilled out. <laughs> yeah. Just like <laughs> everything, everything just kind of like the atoms, atoms just kind of like blossomed, yeah. like came to life. Like everything else, like like, yeah, everything went from this, like, dull darkness, and it just, you know, popped, popped yeah. with life and, and, and color and energy. And so, um, you know, after that happened, um, you know, I, uh, like, right away, like, the very next day, I was, like, talking to my parents. It's like, wow, I don't know what happened. This is, like, so amazing. It's like, I want to go to school to, uh, to be a pastor. Like, I got to, I got to like, I got to understand this feeling. I got to like help other people experience this. And, wow. you know, so it, it, it brought me down this like whole journey of, of spirituality, trying to like understand like what this, what this feeling was, like what this peace and this bliss and this balance was that kind of like, it felt like there was all these like this poison and, and, and darkness around me and in me. And when I like, when I 
like let go of my form and then it was put back together it's like all that all that dark stuff was like left out and then i was like put back together in like this better way but i mean to make a long story short so over the past like 10 years i've just been um you know studying all these different teachings and trying to kind of reverse engineer like how to get back to that feeling you know it's like when i got there when i prayed and i like stepped into that state i'm like this is awesome this is gonna last forever you know and then um, over time, it, it kind of like faded. I, I stepped back into, you know, bad habits and bad patterns. And I felt like, you know, that that my I guess my robe became like tarnished again. Yeah. And, and like everything started to be tinged with that with that, you know, kind of filth and that that sparkle kind of started to fade away. And so, um, yeah, so so ever since then, like my, you know, my life has been dedicated to trying to understand like what is that sensation how can we get back to that how can we utilize that to um to heal ourselves and to be you know connected with god or the best versions of ourselves and um because like i said like like it's like when i was in that like ocean of pain and despair and 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 darkness like when I could separate myself from like what's going on here in this world and kind of like leave and step into that, you know, other feeling, it's like I could come back and it's like, now I come back like refreshed and stronger and I can, it's so much, it feels so much easier to start breaking those chains and everything like that. So, um, yeah, that's, so that's kind of, um, I guess what brought me to the point of, of really seeking out, um, this deeper, spiritual truth and like seeing how it all ties into um like every part of life and in reality in general potential so, right uh, how it ties into potential right yeah er yeah everything man it's it's just it's so profound and it's so amazing the ways that you know like i didn't realize it in the beginning but like how many people have like written about this kind of experience through history and, and tried to articulate it and tried to to share it and and like man it's just it, it's staggering the amount of, of insight and information there is about like right in front of you know like right in front of us and it's like mm -hmm. unless you understand like what people are saying it's like it almost it almost falls like on goes deaf ears. right past you right what's that falls on deaf ears yeah you don't even yeah you don't even realize it's there until right. it's you know until you know what you're looking at because it's right. it's just um, and until you have a reason to look, you yeah. know, because I feel like, you know, places like rock bottom and places where you feel have those great feelings of like, wow, how can I get back to this moment? You know, you continue to seek those, I feel like, you know, and if you don't have a point of why you're looking, you'll never know to look if that makes sense, right. you know? Mm -hmm. And then when you do start looking, you start uncovering things, you know, and and I, I like to look at it as like a, um, as like a looking out the window. Like I can relate to a lot of things that you're saying, you know, you reach a certain point and then, you know, as you know, life goes on and things happen or whatever, you're, you know, the, the picture out of the window isn't so clear anymore. You know, you got to kind of take like a Windex to it and wipe it down. And that's like your spiritual cleanse in order to see out the window clearly again. And, and 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 drain yourself really or refresh yourself yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly man yeah i think a, a lot of times 
when you talk about looking, like I think a lot of times we're so programmed to live on autopilot and just and just run our our program unconsciously without ever caring to take a look at bettering ourselves or mm-hmm. what areas we could work on until rock bottom hits you know mm-hmm. darkness seats the light right mm-hmm. so a lot of times for people to have these epiphanies and these awakenings you have to have that darkness almost collapse on you yeah you know in, in one form or another whether it be a death in the family or suicidal ideations or a near-death experience for yourself um you know, I, I think those are really the catalyst to, to seat that light, you know, yeah. that, that true darkness, the true darkness, you know, and, and a lot of people know it's there, but they turn their back to it and they keep it at their back and, and choose not to look at it because it's scary. Yeah. It's like, well, shit, I don't want to face that. I'll just yeah. keep, keep going on autopilot forward. <laughs> so I don't know, Brandon, have you found other ways to reach that state in, in your last decade of self-discovery and, and, uh, exploration of different practices yeah i have a uh, you know i've actually um well what, what what i've realized is that you know a lot of it actually um ties together with you know what are called like flow states um and you know these these flow states that people experience is or um so there's this guy, his name's uh, Mihai Chiksent Mihai, and he did this all this work on on flow states, which scientifically is called um, uh, transient hypofrontality, which is like means temporary um, inhibition of the prefrontal cortex. So when this happens, when your prefrontal cortex is diminished, it like kind of like pushes you back into the more ancient parts of the brain. So you know the prefrontal cortex is very analytical and, and calculative. It's not doesn't really it's not very you know emotional or um, intuitive or anything like that but when we enter into these flow states it's like kind of like pushing us back into that more like that that deep intuitive emotional power that's at the core of, of who we are that's really the foundation of, of our consciousness and um, you know a lot of it is really um, kind of like, uh, step like stepping back into that that core consciousness that's like the seat of the seat of uh our being that you know where kind of where we come from and um so there's actually a lot of ways to um uh, kind of awaken that or tap into that but i also see it as, as like um each one each one is kind of each each way to experience it is kind of like these lenses and each one's like kind of tinted with a slightly different color. And so um, it when, when you're able to like stack these together and able to connect all of these different kind of like flow states, then you're able to like see clearly of, of what it's actually like to, you know, freely step into that state. So, you know, some ways that people do it is like extreme sports um, or uh, meditation. Um, uh, Qigong or you know even some people experience it through like business it's like just it's getting in the zone it's finding what you're really good at and that kind of like gives you a taste it gives you a taste of that experience um, but you know what a lot of people don't realize is that um, that experience is, is, is who we really are so like that's a, like that state is what like we come from that's like our natural consciousness and we've 
um, walked out of that and kind of erased the path behind us and forgotten how to get back into that. Um, so, you know, um, I, I think that's kind of the direction that humanity is, is going. It's like figuring out what that state is, how to, how to live in that state. And, um, I mean, it, it really holds many of the answers to all of the world's greatest problems because, you know, when you're in the flow state, it's like you don't need a lot of other things to make you happy. Like you're just happy, hmm. you know. So when it comes down to, you know, greed and, um, you know, not having enough for the world, like when people are naturally happy, naturally happy and naturally energized and excited and, and aligned, um, you know, it just it, it, it takes away like it just it just cuts down on the global you know output naturally. Um you know, and then the same thing is like when we're in this state of alignment, it's creating the neurotransmitters and the and the uh, chemicals within our body that are used to like heal ourselves, like cellular regeneration and all these things. It's like they say, you know, it's like when people are, are de- when people are depressed or angry, um, it it exponentially decreases like how fast they get over like a sickness, um, or yeah. you know, it's like they did this study about um, like partners in a relationship, and they would have um, they would have a man and a woman um, like like have a, like a fake kind of like a mock fight with each other. And even though it's like both of them knew it was a mock fight and they were just like putting, you know, um, semi pretend. I'm sure there was some some real anger and, and things coming out, but semi pretend fights. So with the, they would have these altercations and then they would take like, you know, like kind of like this little uh, just this little pointed rod and they would poke it on their skin and, and give them like a little burn and the um like the people that like had these like altercations like they would um th- their their burn would heal like exponentially slower than the people that were having like you know sharing like loving affirmations and things like that um Interesting. so th- yeah they did that like, they did a whole study on that and um so you know a lot of it comes down to uh, the neurochemicals that we're creating, because if we're in fire, like if we're in fight or flight, our body's, you know, in survival mode. It's saying, what can I do to get myself out of danger? It's not saying, how can I divert my resources to um, take care of, um, you know, benign, um, you know, issues. skin burns. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Right. So, you know, when we're able to get ourselves into the most balanced state, then our, you know, body and our mind are able to begin allocating resources to do like, you know, like repair work and, and actually like building and, and creating new neural pathways to kind of carry us out of our current experience. Yeah. When I find myself in, in an unbalanced state, I think one of the things that gets me back to at least a balance, if not a flow state, and I think it could probably be applicable in a lot of different things is, is breathing. Um, mm-hmm. I think that is another technique that can really get, get you back to a flow state. You know, I think, um, like in my most, you know, depressive times, uh, the thing that I focus on is I, I always focus on my breath. I always bring it back to, to that and take a deep breath, you know, get that back under control. Um, and then that brings me back to base, but I mean, Another one I think people could relate to is is athletes being in the flow state. 
Uh, I mean, you know, when an athlete's just going off in a game, you know, you know he's in his flow state. He or she is in their flow state. Um, and that takes a lot of work, a lot of preparation, a lot of breath work, um, meditation, practice, all that kind of stuff. Plant medicine. I think uh, plant medicine has been a big <laughs> part of my journey of <clears> – <throat> For, for me, when I first started to experience that that f- flow state, it was psilocybin mushrooms that started to show me that, um, you know, and I was really unaware, though I had experienced it throughout sports in my life, I didn't know what to call it. You know, it's like, oh, man, I feel great today. I had a great day. Um, but now I, I recognize it as being in that flow state and just being in the zone. Uh, but what really made me start to become conscious of it was my my usage of plant medicine to explore myself in a ceremonial sense. Not, you know, I had done psychedelics when I was a teenager, like at parties and and irresponsibly. Uh, but finding them my, in my adult life in a ritualistic way, where you set your intent and say, okay, uh, my intent for this evening ceremony is is I want to um, see the blockages that I have and. You know, the more specific you get, the more clear the answer you get. Um, but generally speaking, like, okay, I, this is an aspect of my life that I would like to uh, see my blockages so I can work through them. And that, that plant medicine isn't going to uh, bust through those blockages for you. You still have to integrate the information and, and do the work uh, on the other end of that ceremony or the other end of that plant medicine experience. Uh, but going back to uh, re- obtaining that flow state, uh, plant medicine is really what started to show me uh, not only psilocybin mushrooms, but uh, DMT. Um, the first time I, I smoked DMT uh, was a few years ago, and I physically left my body and became this eagle that was flying overhead. And the people that were with me said that I sat up mid-experience and pointed at the sky, and there was an eagle that flew over top of us. I had no clue. They said my eyes were like white, covered over white, like a like a deceased person, and I was ice cold. But my body sat up and pointed, and but my consciousness, I was the eagle flying over this ridge that we were at. So that was like one of the first, like, holy cow, like showing me in, in my reality the potential of not only plant medicine but reaching that state of. Um, infinite possibilities of infinite potential of of how powerful the 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 human conscious well just consciousness not human consciousness because it, it expands much larger than con, uh, human but you know that that was a big catalyst for me i know we talked about meditation and sports and all that but with that being said plant medicine is is a very serious thing you know so i'm not advocating for you to go out and find mushrooms from your your local drug dealer and and eat a bunch i done responsibly in the right setting with somebody that knows the spirit of the medicine and knows how to coach you through the integration process on the back end uh, it can be a very powerful experience so if that's something that resonates uh, reach out to me and, and i'll help guide you and do everything in my power to help find a container that would work for you and your journey so um, I just wanted to share that because it's not something people talk about a lot. I know it's becoming a lot more mainstream now with maps and uh, the FDA ab- approving psilocybin and uh, MDMA for um, treatment resistant depression and things like that. PTSD for veterans. Uh, so it's a very, very powerful tool. But <clears throat> yeah, it's 
sorry, I went, went off on my little uh, spiel, but you know, there are lots of tools out there to reach these states of, of infinite, of, of the infinite, you know? So, whew. yeah. Brandon, so how did all of this uh, lead you to the conversations we're having with um, your vision for creation of this program and this guide and this network and community? Um, really, I would just like you to expand because, man, you have some really beautiful ideas that uh, we could probably create a whole podcast in itself <laughs> of the beautiful ideas that you have. But uh, if you'd like to elaborate on that, man, I would be grateful. Yeah. So, um, you know, for, for me, um, you know, over time I, I started um, kind of like, well, actually let me, let me take another step back. So uh, before, uh, before all this started, like I said, I was in the Marine Corps and um, when I was in the Marine Corps, I was a, uh, uh, aviation electronic technician. So I worked on the computer systems for Hueys and Cobras for helicopters. And, um, you know, I was like really passionate about, like, I, I don't know, I found, I found like an excitement in thinking about things in like, like whole systems. Um, and like seeing how, you know, you have a, something like a helicopter, it's like, you know, one complete system, but it's made of all these like smaller systems that are like interwoven together by other like subsidiary systems and, you know, it, it just everything becomes like greater than the sum of the parts. So, um, you know, after uh, after I uh, after I like, well, when I was getting separated, I got this idea. It's like, you know, I realized like a lot of the problems in our world are existing, you know, not necessarily not necessarily in ways that can are be solved like on the front lines of war, but are more about problems that are in our own streets, things that are in the hearts of people and. Um, you know, cause, well, what kind of like sparked this for me is like I came across this article and it was like about how, um, you know, there's like 30,000 people that die a day from starvation and like 10,000 of them are, are children. And so like this, like kind of like, you know, blew me away. I was like, that's a lot of people dying every day from starvation. And, you know, I, I really wanted to like, uh, you know, find a way to, you know, better my life and actually do something that was going to help people. And so, uh, kind of like I committed myself. I was like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. Uh, and I think I'm going to get into, um, like creating sustainable communities. So, um, you know, I started like researching a lot about, you know, like sustainable ecosystems and like understanding how, um, you know, a man-made ecosystem can like integrate in with nature in like a harmonious way. And, um, you know, start looking into like, you know, green energy and like, like windmills and solar. And, um, you know, I was like super excited about all that stuff. And, um, so as I was like, um, you know, after I, after I had this incident with like being stabbed, like that's something that kind of like kept me going. It's like, you know, I gotta, you know, I gotta find a way to like help the world. Like there's so many people out there that, that need help, that need, you know, somebody that's willing to, to rise up and, and make something happen. And, um, so that was like, you know, during that time, that's something that I was like really studying. Um, and, uh, and then, so then after I kind of had this wake up experience and I thought I wanted to go into like pastoral ministries, that's what I was going to school for, uh, pastoral ministries and nonprofit marketing. So, um, the big thing that I wanted to do was how there's like all these missions, like where they have like the mission camps and everything. And they go there and they're shipping like 
millions of dollars worth of food over there trying to, you know, kind of put a Band-Aid on all of the problems that are going around throughout the world. I was like, why are we, why are we shipping all this stuff over? Why can't we make, like, sustainable ecosystems in, in these third world countries and, like, have mission camps that are all, like, sustainable communities? Like, what are we thinking, you know? And so, like, that's something that I was, you know, really passionate about and, um, like, kind of pushing for as I was, you know, kind of developing – an understanding of how all this, you know, spirituality stuff works. And um, I, I reached this point where I realized, like, um, you know, there's a ton of people developing really awesome stuff in the field of, of, of sustainability. And there's a lot of, like, really awesome people trying to use this to build communities and uh, and do amazing things, but, like, they're not gaining any traction. They can't get funding. They're you know, their, their, uh, communities, like they don't have culture, like all this stuff is falling apart. So I realized it's like, you know, I think the problem is, is deeper than just, you know, having enough resources to feed everybody or, or give everybody fresh water and, and live in harmony with in nature. So, um, you know, I started really getting into, um, like, like spoken word and like poetry and, and communication and, and like the idea of like writing speeches and like, how could I, um, you know, create a message that gets people to like look deeper and work together. And, you know, I spent a few years really passionate about that. And then, you know, I, I realized that even that wasn't going to do it. And then I was like, you know, like it's even deeper, it's even deeper than just communication. So I, I dove like headlong. It's like, I got to really commit myself to understanding like my own spirit. Like why, why do I still have flaws? Why am I still jacked up? And, and how can I actually go to the core and fix it? Cause I can't talk myself through my problems. I can't, you know, uh, feed myself out of my problems and all these things. So like, if I can't, you know, if I have this huge desire to do these good things and I still can't do it, like I gotta, you know, figure out why I can't so that I can, you know, share that with other people. And so like during this time, as I was like taking in all this information, uh, you know, obviously I was studying communication, psychology, uh, spirituality, um, you know, uh, different elements of like mechanics and um, like electronics and, you know, everything I could think of that, you know, I was like, what is, you know, what is it going to take to really understand how like the world works, how I work, how, you know, I can, you know, figure out what my problems are and actually, you know, better my life and, and be truly happy. So uh, I started to see all these patterns, you know, like, like, like parallels between these systems that like it's kind of was hard to really put into words. Um, but like, say you look at like the systems of, of psychology and then you look at the systems of business and you realize that they like very much like parallel each other. And then you look at like the, the concepts of like spirituality and, and meditation. And when they're talking about like these alternate worlds and universes and everything, like they're these same like archetypal patterns that just like perfectly overlap each other. And, you know, so um, once I started to recognize that, uh, I, I focused like very intently on understanding what these specific patterns were, like why they were what they were, and, and how they, you know, how they worked, and how we could apply them. So essentially, what it comes down to is, um, you know, when you look at like the cellular level, like single cell, single cell organisms, like you have these single cells that will, uh, you know, they'll like pump, they'll go bump 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 
bump, bump, and they'll pump water through, and that's how they absorb their nutrients. Then you have single-cell organisms that go, and they pull air through, and that's how they absorb their nutrients. And then, like, so what they found out uh, through this project called the, the Human Genome Project, it, they realized that basically everything that exists on, like, the multicellular level, like, in our bodies, in the like any kind of like multicellular organism in nature everywhere is basically um a um refabrication of something that already exists on the multicellular on the single cellular level instead it's just a bunch of like individual single cells that are all connecting together to do the same exact process on a more complex level and they do it because it um, allows them to use less resources to have a greater return it allows them to become more resilient and sustainable and and uh it, and it acts as a security measure because they're you know able to protect themselves and they're all able to connect their skills and resources together to do something that creates a system that is greater than the sum of the parts um so uh so so when we look at the human brain and we look at the things that we do as individuals like everything that we do is basically a more complex way of doing the same thing that exists within like those small multicellular organisms and the same things that exist on the individual level. So now when we look up on a larger scale and we look at what cities are uh, and, and culture, communities, things like that, it is literally a multicellular organism of, of humans working together to accomplish the exact same things that the human brain does. Like, you know, think of the idea of, um, um, uh, shoot, what is it called? Um, natural selection, right? So um, only the things that are the most, um, like, efficient and optimal are the things that survive. And that's why, so when they did this human genome project, the reason that it was like so mind blowing is that they were studying these like less complex animals or, or beings, like far less complex than humans. And uh, they realized that these things had like millions of genes or like hun hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of genes, right? And so they're like, wow, humans are so complex. Like we have to, you know, we'll wait years before we actually start trying to map out the human genome because there's going to be so many genes it's going to be mind-blowing so uh finally they're like you know what let's do it so they start mapping out the human genome and the crazy thing was that there was only like thirty thousand genes in the human and so the reason that this is is because of natural selection like everything that exists on the single cellular level is the same things that we're doing in our body but when you have a less complex being then like it might have like seven or eight lungs it might have 14 arms it might have you know um nine eyes that are all different colors and and lungs and gills and have all these random things that are not necessary but it, it, as the brain grows as the consciousness grows and uh, and it needs more energy and it becomes uh, more efficient, then it starts to say, okay, well, we only need, you know, uh, two arms and two legs or four legs, or we only need, you know, two eyes. And uh, so it starts to weed out all of the unnecessary things. And so, like, when we look at culture, culture is exactly the same thing, is, um, you know, 
culture starts off as this, uh, you know, melding pot of everybody just throwing in all these different ideas. And, but then this natural selection process takes place where, um, you know, all of these systems that are existing become more and more and more and more and more similar to the average of what's happening inside of everybody's brains. So when we begin to understand these patterns, like we realize that we can look, if we can understand what's happening on the singular cell level, which seems very a lot more simple than trying to look at all of the variables that are happening in society and understand the patterns of why things happen and, and what those processes are and, um, you know, what the, what the chain of command is and everything. If we can understand that on that single cellular level, we can take all of that information and apply it on the cultural level in the psychological level, everything. And, um, and, it, and once we start seeing these parallels, it becomes easier and easier and easier and easier to, um, kind of, uh, um, transfer information learned in one area of life and like apply it somewhere else. Like, you know, um, like for instance, like you could take you can take ideas that you learn from business and apply them in you know your personal relationships and, and use it to um, you know exponentially increase your return on investment of energy and all these things. So, um, so that's you know by by starting to see all these parallels is how um, I really started to develop the system that we've been talking about. But where it came from is like uh, it, it all started with you know, that initial state of kind of like leaving my body and then realizing that there are these different um, ways that I can stack um, kind of like tools and, and um, modalities together in a way that uh, amplifies kind of my return on, uh, you know, time and, and energy. So like where, say, it used to take me, like say if I used to spend like two or three hours meditating to kind of like reach that uh, to reach that state, you know, by say, you know, stacking, you know, meditation with breath work, I could like cut that in half. But then, you know, say by, you know, uh, stretching and then massage, like doing self massage and like tuning into myself and then doing breath work and then meditating, you know, I could, you know, within like 15 minutes of meditation, I could begin to reach that. So um, you know, it's just a matter of starting to see how things stack together to, uh, to amplify our return. And it's like CBD, like, you know, CBD, they say it's so powerful because there's what they call the entourage effect and like CBD on its own only has so much effect, but there's all these other chemicals that are in the natural CBD flower. When they all work together, it like exponentially amplifies the potential of how much good that it can provide to your body. Um, you know, so it's just, it's realizing like chemical reactions and, and, um, you know, but chemical reactions, energetic reactions and all of that kind of like continued to bring me back to that state of clarity and, and, um, going within myself. And, and when I reached that point, it's like, um, these, like I could be in a state of like confusion. It's like, I don't know where I'm going in life. Uh, you know, everything's so confusing right now. There's all these different pieces I don't know what to do with. And then I bring myself back to that state and it's like these lights start flashing and there's like these images that kind of just appear and like these pieces, all these broken pieces just start connecting together and it creates like, you know, this, uh, I, I still this concept from Tim Ferriss says the one big domino. 
like you have all these little dominoes that you want to knock over but if you spend enough time and you get in the right state like you can figure out what's the one domino that i can knock over that brings down all the other ones and and that's kind of like you know when we enter into that that um i don't i don't even know what to call it quantum state um flow state um transcendental meditation whatever it is uh, it kind of it, it, it starts to organize our mind and, and reveal the way through the chaos yeah and that saves a lot of energy huh instead of going through and knocking all those dominoes down it gives yeah, you that four hour work week right yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 something that has to be experienced like you can't even really describe it um but yeah it's like um it takes less and less and less energy and thought power to accomplish, to be able to accomplish more things. But then at the same time, it's like you have more capacity, more strength, more resilience in order to invest more. So if you can think about like, if I can invest less money and have a greater return while at the same time having more money so I can invest more money, like that's exponential growth. Right. So, you know, but it's like that with, you know, your own mind, with your own energy and, um, so it's, it's fun. It creates like this feedback loop with inside ourselves that, um, you know, we kind of just are able to start like blossoming into greater versions of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, with, with at one, I don't, I don't know how much you want to get into that with it just being in the foundational start of it, but essentially what Brandon and I have been discussing over the past few weeks is, is, not only recognizing those patterns, but how to piece together those different uh, parts to become more efficient so we can cut that time down in our own life because, you know, time time is precious. It's the only thing as humans we can't really get back. So, um, you know, being able to reach those flow states in an efficient way, um, that that's something that we've been discussing and how to put that together. And then on a larger scale, how do we not only um, – build those patterns and, and show people those patterns and create a, a basically a smorgasbord of things like, okay, the, everybody works differently. So um, here's the level one stuff you can do to uh, really activate your root chakra and, and so on and so forth. And then build on that and then bring in specialists like a nutritionalist and um, a physical therapist and uh, you know, X, Y, Z, all these different modalities and experts to create this community. Uh, and, and it's just that ever growing, um, ever growing community of interconnectedness and, and interdependence. I think that's a, a big thing. You know, independence is wonderful, but the real power lies in interdependence because when we all come together and, and share our skills and share our abundance, because my abundance is different than Brandon's and different right. from Eric's. Right then we become a much more powerful unit than just one of us standing up here with my limited um, skill set, you know, because no matter how skillful you are, you're still limited in the, in the grand scheme of 7.9 billion people, yep. you know? So I, I think that's a beautiful point that you brought up with the, on a cellular level and how that ties into uh, what we're building as a community and as um, interconnected human beings with different skill sets. You know, I think in an egoic society, we lean so much on comparing and and uh, competing against each other that, you know, I think we're starting to see a shift, granted. But in the past, in my life, at least in my experience, the com 
competition and the comparing has driven us apart when really to evolve as human beings and as uh, beings of light, we need to come together and share our ideas, much like we're doing at the round table and much like uh, so many people are doing out there. You know, I, Brandon, you and I talked about that this morning is there's so many brilliant people in this world with all these brilliant ideas, but you know, it, it's it's hard if you don't have that interdependence of of a, a community or a network to bring those things to fruition, you know. And so I, I think it's a really beautiful thing, and, and I've really enjoyed our conversations uh, over the past few weeks, and, and and I'm excited to see where it goes. So um, I appreciate you, man, and I, Eric. I appreciate you and this roundtable and all you listeners out there. Uh, coming together with us and, and sharing your thoughts with us about how we could grow this podcast and, you know, how we could just work together no matter what avenue it is, you know. I think that's a really beautiful thing that, that we have going, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's kind of like a transformer, you know. We're all bringing our own little piece. Right. And creating the best that we can be. Yeah. And everybody's got a different part. Right. Like Captain Planet, right? All yeah. our powers combined. We are Captain Planet. <laughs> Literally. Right. <laughs> Captain um, America. Right. Uh, Brandon, is, is there anything else you want want to share about the at one? Um, what, I, I guess labels are so limiting, but at one, you know. Well, yeah, man, I, I guess I just see it as basically, I mean, it's a, I see it as like this three-part system, right? And, like, the ultimate goal is to realize that, like, our minds, our, like, our bodies, our spirits are, um, you know, like, like a factory, right? And, and we, as, like, our consciousness, as the observer, are kind of like the CEO. And throughout our lives, um, we've been this kind of unaware CEO in a lot of ways. I mean, there's some things we've been aware of, some things that we've been very adept at, but, you know, there's a vast amount of things that most of us – we're completely aware of and and um you know it's like these other people inside of our mind walked up and they're like hey you know uh how you doing mr ceo i got this really great machine for you like can i install this on your factory floor and we're like shit yeah that's, that looks like a great machine yeah stick it anywhere you know and so like that happened so many times over our development that we just got these you know really um eccentric factory floors where um you know things just start coming in and and they'll get they get put into a machine and they get processed in one way and then they end up dumping on the floor and then you know somebody comes over and sticks it in another machine and, and uh you know some of the stuff ends up like making it out the other end is like this valuable product but then a bunch of stuff gets stuffed in the closet a bunch of stuff you know uh ends up in feedback loops stuck in these machines that won't turn off and we don't know why and we don't even realize it's happening because we don't even understand what exactly the machines are or what they're meant to do. And so I guess the same society is a reflection of that, you know, um, a lot of machines and processes that we don't really like they do cool things that we think are valuable in different ways. And it ends up making a lot of other things really bad that we don't really comprehend. And, um, so, so there's a lot of unintentional repercussions and a lot of weird things that are happening. So the ultimate goal is to kind of turn that into a, a circular system where everything 
uh, feeds back into each other and blossoms into greater and greater and greater versions of itself to greater value and, and doesn't really produce any like negative waste. Every creates in a way that everything is useful to the system. Because if you think about it, nature is already a closed loop. There's nothing that exists in nature that's not useful. So how is it that we can use things and then they end up being not useful anymore? Uh, you know, it's like, so how do we go from where we are to having, you know, this, this broken linear, um, th these linear chains of commands, whatever, uh, that, that are creating all these negative things, how can we get back to this closed loop cycle where everything is useful and, and feeds back into itself? So ultimately, um, you know, if we want to reach that point, there's a step that kind of comes before that and is, un is, is kind of understanding, um, is understanding um, like uh, how, how like things can be ordered, like why things are ordered in certain ways and like what kind of value comes out of like ordering them in that specific manner. Like obviously you have to, you have to take step one before you take step five and you have to take step five before you take step six. So how can, how can we take the machines and the processes and, and the resources that we have in our lives and start feeding those into the systems in the right process, in the right order so that, you know, greater value is going to come out the other side. Um, and even before we're able to do that, like we have to even take another step back and realize that, you know, we all have all of these machines that are existing inside of us. And a lot of them are running nonstop. A lot of them are, uh, you know, causing a lot of damage and a lot of, and, and some of them are doing really great things. Um, but before we can actually start having the resources and the freedom to start pulling broken machines out and reorganizing and reordering things and putting it into the right patterns, um, we have to learn to just shut everything off and, and stop the chaos from growing and, and learn to really throttle the systems that are existing inside of us. Because um, at the end of the day, everybody, everybody has really amazing value to offer it has really amazing processes existing inside of themselves and you know it doesn't take a million machines to make an amazing factory like in fact like you can have a factory that's like completely empty except for like one small little machine and it could take in one simple resource and it could pump out you know a valuable product that makes billions of dollars and, and becomes and is is highly useful to many people so like that, you know, is a testament to the simplicity of, of you know, and, and uniqueness that is a bit like the, how unique we can be and simple and still pro provide massive value to the world. So it's not about having all of the machines. It's not about having them all ordered in the right way. It's about realizing that we all have valuable machines existing inside of us. And if we can turn off the chaos long enough, we can figure out which ones are good and we can pump some value, like some, some good resources through it, create some valuable products and, and start getting a, a decent return um, for our investment and take that investment and use it to get some help and to have some leverage to start reordering the machines, shifting things around, and then developing a actual game plan for how we want the factory floor to look as we take you know our next evolutionary steps. 
And, and as we can figure that out as individuals, then, you know, it really becomes simple to do it on, you know, the cultural um, collective level. So, um, so like I said, I, I see, I see really the first step is just teaching people to throttle their machines, like turn, turn, just turn the factory off, like step into that deeper state and take a, a clear objective look at like what's really going on and how can we get some value out of that and, yeah. and use that value to create a feedback loop of growth and, and productivity. Yeah. Create the everlasting gobstopper, right? <laughs> a simple machine <laughs> lasts forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, this has been a really enjoyable episode, Brennan. Uh, thank you so much for your beautiful mind and and bringing me on board with your vision uh, for At One. And um, I'm grateful to have you on the show at the roundtable, brother. And and hopefully some some more episodes to come. Thanks for thanks for hanging out, man. We appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. And, and uh, I guess just one last thought, though, is of course. like, um, you know, like this. I don't, I don't see this as my vision at all. I see this as, um, you know, I've looked into what humanity is creating, and I've kind of taken the average of of where you know people of the light are headed, and I've just kind of like looked for what's the point where I see that everything could, can converge upon, and I've just kind of put a name on that. So, like. I see like at one, I see like everybody that is of love and light. I, I see this as everybody's, everybody's project. And, you know, I'm just as blessed to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, um, I'm only, I'm only one man and I'm only, uh, you know, like I'm, I see myself as a man with a map, you know, I've, I've seen the map, I've seen how things work, but there's so many skills to dig up the treasures and to create the systems and all these things and things that I don't know that, you know, to make the factory work right takes all of us interdependence absolutely brother absolutely and, and you know that humility is what excites me to, to work with you to be honest with you man thank you man i appreciate that absolutely absolutely well does anybody have anything in closing i think this is a really uh powerful episode good good nuggets of knowledge and, and things to soak on and really what it boils down to is is getting raw with ourselves you know, what, what machines are you running? You know, are they serving you? It's a powerful episode. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us at the round table, brother. Uh, I love you, man. And, uh, can't wait to talk again. Yeah. Thank you guys. It's been a real blessing. Absolutely. Well, have a great, right, have a great night and feel better, man. As well, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talk to you soon, man. All right. Love you, brother. Have a good night. You too, man. Hope feel better. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, peace. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. I guess I thanked everybody and all the listeners uh, before we hung up with Brandon. So there's not really much left to say, but uh, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Peace. Everything's already alright.